This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, I've got a new wingman, Mr. Justin Sloan. We are going to talk about his time on the protege. What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How's the uh, How's the weather up there? Last time I was in Boston, it was snowing when I left. I know. I remember. Yeah. No. Today is 78. Beautiful, sunny. I feel like I'm in Florida today. I might get out and swing the sticks this afternoon, but uh, it's it's April, so it's raining and then sunny and then snowing and everything in between. So. That's awesome. Well, I mean, the thing is up there, it, I don't know. It's probably late enough in the year now. It's not going to dip back down again, right? No, I mean, probably in 50s, you know. I'll take the 50s. Yeah. For sure. So what's going on, man? I mean, you're in the you're in the production mode at this point, it looks like. I saw your post mm-hmm. about whale hunting and all of that. <laughs> what's uh, you doing that just to goad Keating or you got some opportunities? Uh, I was with Keating on Monday night. We went out to dinner. And uh, we had a great, great, what's that? That's a dangerous dinner date, man. Uh, It went a little longer than uh, expected, but I'm not surprised by that at all. He's Mr. West Hartford up there in Connecticut, and we were in his stomping grounds up there. So we had fun. But um, no, in all seriousness, so like you're aware, my niche is the health tech sector. I'm focusing on cyber liability insurance as well as the tech E&O. So the, the clientele that I'm going after, I know you helped me redefine basically who my ideal client was. I was uh, like really whale hunting, you know, but now I kind of scaled back a little bit just based on the size of the organization. So with that, I've been able to fill out my uh, CRM. I'm on Pipedrive, as you're aware, and basically create some automations with cyber risk assessments and, and do them preliminary behind the scenes, my team's assisting me with that. Inevitably, it's gonna be done by VAs and whatnot. Um, but long story short, we I'm getting a few bites here and there, but not as much as I thought. But also, you gotta keep in mind, my niche right now is real estate investment insurance, and I'm kind of spoon-fed uh, leads because I built that niche out so successfully here in Connecticut in the Northeast. So it's kind of um, starting from square one, so to speak, but I'm pretty far along in the process where I have it pretty dialed in and Bradley and, and Josh, my coaches, helped me really um, make my voice 
be a little bit different before I was doing, you know, diarrhea of the keyboard and writing these long things. And my yeah. pitch, you saw it, David, it's a 30 second clip video. Um, I think it's two sentences. So we're getting a lot more engagement. I'm seeing the open rates on that. I'm seeing the, the, the views and the video and stuff like that. So it's there. I think it's going to be a long game with some of these bigger um, operations. But I mean, like you said, I think you have a couple, you know, you write 10 accounts a year. You're, you're a happy guy because based on the size, you know, and things of that nature. So, yeah. Who are you? Who are you using to write your cyber with out of curiosity? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, your buddy Jared there over at uh, CRC, we're using. So we're using him. He's a wholesaler. And I say that jokingly. He's a great guy. But um, Jared set us up with direct markets, I'm sure, as as you have with Coalition, Corvus, um, Tokyo Marine, things like that. The problem with my particular niche that I'm doing in the protege is it's a it's a I don't want to say a unicorn. It's the opposite of a unicorn because you have the PCI, the PHI and the PII. So the market's really hard right now on cyber. Every, all the rates are going up there. I'm getting a lot of declinations, Dave. So um, or they're just pricing it out with a high SIR and they're just really making it very challenging for me to even get quotes on the table. So what I'm doing is instead of focusing on the quotes, I'm focusing on the cyber risk assessments, exploiting the business, and then asking who their MSP is, their managed service provider, or if they have an internal, most of them have internal um, IT people, but you can tell like, hey, uh, your employees are doing a poor job, and you say it nicely, obviously, and eloquently, but what as I'm navigating these bigger, bigger organizations, they are walking targets. Um, I oh, mean, yeah. you know, especially in this vertical, it's um, pretty excessive. So um, I'm trying to laser focus on this. And then inevitably, the goal is to either BOR the other lines or try and just, you know, I don't want to say quote it out, but at least have a look at it. So, well, I'm guessing that the financial services industry was just too hard of a market or not hard enough of a market for you. So you had to go to cyber for medical to uh, to make it even more challenging on yourself. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, don't, like I don't think you could find a, a tougher class, honestly, other than maybe a social network or something like but, that. But you know me and you know my niche. I like going the opposite direction of all insurance agents. That's where the money is. Um, and yep. I'm not be trying to be greedy here by any means, but I'm just telling you, like, People hate real estate flippers because it's such a low uh, premium and usually the personal lines person doesn't want to touch it because they don't understand it. The commercial people are like, ah, it's beneath me. So, and I was on your podcast previously and spoke about that, but this is a polar opposite of that. But to a certain extent, what I'm realizing is kind of the same thing because when you're competing with middle market um, producers and, and CSRs and agents, there's always going to be a chink in their armor or whatever you want to see, a weak, weak link in their chain, um, things of that nature. So I'm exploiting that. Um, and that's kind of my value proposition is coming in as a specialist, laser focus, just like you'd go to a, a brain doctor for brain surgery. You know, you got some of these general doctors type people that I'm seeing that are supposed to be middle market gurus and they definitely need to go in the killing commercial program because <laughs> they're not, they're not. And, um, and one of the largest um, publicly traded insurance agencies, we're, we moved down the street in Meriden, Dave, I don't think I told you yet. Um, we're in a big 16,000 square it. foot. Yeah. Um, you know, we're growing like gangbusters, but the, the, they're not even a competitor of ours, but they're a publicly traded insurance agency that, um, all they do is middle market commercial. So I'm starting to ru ru ruffle their feathers a little bit. And I love it because they're like, who the heck's this guy? And they look me up and they're like, oh, he's a real estate investor. And what does he know about 
health tech and stuff like that. So little do they know, I know a lot. <laughs> I'm yeah. learning a lot as I go through the motions as well. So, well, I mean, that's the, that's the secret sauce right there, man. You have to put yourself in a position where you're not allowing your competitors to figure out how you got to where you're at. By the time they figure it out, it's too late, right? Well, they're so, signing up for your program, like I said. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, man, like your comments about being greedy, I don't think that's being greedy at all. I, it's basically the same thing I've been preaching for years. If everybody else goes right, I want to go left, period. Because mm -hmm. yep. uh, I know that's where the opportunity is for me. Um, and anybody that's willing to go down the road that's a little harder to harder to travel and i mean from your perspective you're right you're getting you've built your vertical out you're getting spoon-fed leads for all practical purposes you have systems in place what that tells me is that you know how to do this and you can replicate it inside of the framework of what you're doing right now Mm-hmm. 100 percent. yeah and it's so it's pretty similar like it's just there's a couple extra zeros on the premiums you know um and obviously you have to know your game i'm joining some associations and i i did join an association here in connecticut and my mom's and, and my wife are very tied in that community being in the medical field. So um, I'm going tonight again with that gentleman for dinner that I spoke to you about, CEO of a very large um, healthcare type organization. And um, he's on the board of directors of the association. So he's validating me and my family and who I am and making sure that I meet the correct people. And I told him about the program. I mean, I went to dinner with him specifically to talk to him about the program because I was having a, a difficult time creating that last challenge that you made us do, um, which was the um, cold email. Um, and basically what I did, and, and, and you saw it, was basically I pretended to be um, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. And <clears throat> my problem was, is I kept looking at it like um, in a certain way, but he's like, Justin, this has nothing to do with what I do, but Macaulay Culkin in that movie, he keeps the bad guys out and he's very creative with it. Why don't you do a play like play on words with that? So you saw my visual. I'm sure it kind of hit you with the right hook when you saw it because I did the hands on the face like this. And then I superimposed your website with a ransomware thing on it. And um, that's really that's probably one of the best cold. E I've never had to create a cold email, David. So that was like one of the most educational things in this whole. I know it sounds cheesy because my first video was a half hour documentary on no but it's brutal man that's sometimes <laughs> you know? the things that you think are the easiest are the ones that are the hardest i mean yeah. taking a message that you had you know a 30 minute value proposition video around and making it three sentences i don't know of anybody that can just walk in and you know stroke stroke that down you mm -hmm. know right out of the right out of the shoot that's it's yeah. very difficult mm -hmm. so yeah i mean your your point's well taken about how hard it was to do that i mean not every challenge that we came up with for you guys was earth-shatteringly difficult but for people and i would also i think it's safe for me to say you've been in the industry a while and you're maybe a little bit further along in your career and where you where you play than what some of the other contestants were so some of that stuff would have been already being done and you just had to transfer it into a different vertical that you're going to design for the show what do you think what do you think the most challenging thing was you had to deal with during the experience Besides that uh, cold email, I would say just the whole process, Dave, of just, I didn't know what the show was about. And when you said, hey, <laughs> pick a business that's thriving in COVID, I mean, we were in the heat of it too. I mean, it wasn't like, like all the businesses that I would think about going after are not thriving at all, you know? So I really had to put my, my hat on and, you know, you said you can't do a vertical 
that you're already in. And my business partner, Chris Paradiso, as you're aware, does FedEx Amazon, and that would have been a no-brainer, but I felt like that would have been, I don't want to say cheating, but that would have been an easy scapegoat for me to go down that path because I personally don't do it at all. N nobody in my organization does at BSP Insurance. But um, I really wanted to challenge myself with this and, and take it to the finish line and um, you know put my best effort in because at the end of the day, um, you can't learn at all unless you become uncomfortable. And actually, ironically, Chris kind of, I look at him as a business partner, but also as a mentor because he does things that other people like scratch their head at. Like the guy wakes up at 3 a.m. and runs 10 miles. Like what's going on, <laughs> you know? And, um, but you know, I look up to him as a mentor, business partner, things of that nature. But he always said every day, Justin, I make myself in an uncomfortable position because that's where growth occurs. So doing this, and I knew it was gonna be a, an uphill battle to say the least um, with the, the vertical I picked and the product I picked, but the point is, is I'm not the only insurance agent that's probably having that problem, right? Finding the right markets, finding the competitive program, finding the right you know company, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm navigating those waters. I'm definitely, I failed a lot um, in this, uh, program and nobody knows that because they don't see what I'm doing actively but I know I failed a lot at certain things but it also taught me a lot you know what I'm saying so and one of my biggest things and I think I told you this previously was my goal during 2020 was to do a new vertical I'm not bored with real estate investors by any means but I realize you know if we're gonna be a widely successful organization like we're going to be um, and I know we will be is we need to start filling more niches inside of our organization and get away from being a generalist and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm kind of working with my sister company, Bon Giovanni Insurance and Financial. They're one floor up from us. They specialize in everything but PNC. So they do a lot of health benefits and things of that. So I'm kind of looking at their book of business and saying, all right, where's the synergies, right? So they have like an, a large ambulance organization that um, I'm slowly courting and things of that nature. So I would say the one challenge um, in this whole thing is the small window of time that you gave us to produce. I think we have 90 days to show production numbers. And it's very hard for me personally to go after these types of accounts, build relationships, court them, onboard them, sign up, BORs, whatever the case may be, in 90 days. And I'm not complaining. I, I, I love the challenge and I'm, I'm pursuing it. It's just you know, typically I, I'm more of a relationship guy. And if I don't have relationships and I'm not known in that vertical, it's very difficult for me to do my standard operating procedure of joining the associations, start rubbing elbows with the right people, take them out to dinner, da, 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 da. You know, because this, these types of accounts are marriages, you know, like you don't just, this isn't a flip property deal where it's price driven, coverage maybe a little bit here and there, and the closing's in five days. It's the literally the exact opposite of what you're used to doing, honestly. I mean, if you look at how you have things set up from a, quote, bind issue standpoint and some of the programs that I know you have in the agency, this is definitely <clears throat> completely the opposite of it. I mean, what you're doing on the other side to me is a volume play, and it's a systems and processes play Correct. that you've done a really good job of building out. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's not easy. And that's truthfully what I wanted everybody to see is just because you have a good mousetrap that you've built up doesn't mean you're going to go out and produce business with it right away. Mm -hmm. Some of the people that decided that they were going to go after production um, early on have had some opportunities. And I think they'll ultimately be successful. But I 
don't have very high expectations at all for production numbers being completely transparent. I think that the pipelines will fill up, Mm -hmm. but it's going to require just as much luck as it is skill to get into the right place at the right time. And then that also goes back to being a volume play of getting in touch with as many people as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in what your thoughts were, what originally had you throw your hat in the ring to be part of this. Yeah. Um, well, two things. Number one, anything that David Carruthers is doing, I want to be a part of uh, to the best of my ability. When I met you, I knew, I think I walked up to you and said, hey, it was something witty too. I think I said something like, man, you must write a shit ton of business or so." I, th- I remember saying <laughs> something stupid like that. And you just looked at me like, who the heck are you? Um, and you, I think you were sitting by yourself on your phone, probably slinging million dollar deal or something. But, you know, long story short, after I got to know you a little bit better, um, and befriended you and, you know, not just insurance talk, realized like you're the type of people that I would hang. If you were in Connecticut, I would hang out with you as much as I hang out with like Chris Paradiso and the guys, Ryan Keating, the guys up here that are shakers and movers. Um, and the other thing was, you know, kind of going back to my original point about, I wanted to start a vertical, um, a, a new vertical. It had nothing to do with real estate investor insurance. And really, I, I like to be the test pilot of everything in my organization, the guinea pig, so to speak, um, before I give it to the agency uh, to mess around with. So whether it's a technology or a new insurance product, we just got an insurance product yesterday for um, uh, personal liability for police officers um, through a pretty cool, and I can send you that, by the way, it's through a wholesaler. I think it's a national program. And um, you know, I like looking at things that are new shiny and then break it and then say does this fit our organization or not and what i'm learning about this health tech product it's not that it doesn't fit our organization it doesn't fit our organization today right so i'm building this out um i'm gonna i'm gonna exhaust it like you said i think on a podcast recently like you're gonna take it to the finish line and if you're like man i'm not happy with those numbers or figures or whatever then let's just break up let's let it go you know but when i saw you put the competition out there I knew I wanted to be a part of it because it kind of held me accountable. Um, And I love accountability and people, I'm a numbers guy, I run the sales in our organization and I love crunching numbers and all that jazz. So when I saw this, I was like, man, I don't even need an accountability coach in this program. Like it's cool we have Josh uh, Josh Gurley and Bradley Flowers as my coach, but they kind of let us do our own thing, you know, and they give us guidance and they hold our hand. And it's just cool to have those two guys as coaches because they are rock stars in their own regards in the insurance and polar industry. opposites yeah <laughs> polar opposites they couldn't be further but they but they have the same personality they're authentic they're genuine they want to help you um they will bend over backwards to make sure we're successful and i feel like i might be letting them down a little bit you know to my core because you know at the end of the day um i want to write a, a crap ton of business win the competition make them look like great guys as they are but you know it's it's tough. It's an uphill battle. I think this is a long play. I'm probably gonna run this probably for another 18 months. I would say easily because once I start putting irons in the fire, I know it's a snowball effect, Dave, as you're aware. And all of a sudden, one's gonna bite, two's gonna bite. They're gonna refer their cousin that owns some other software company. Da 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 da. And maybe it's not health tech related, but. Whales hang out with whales, you know, they're not hanging out with minnows or maybe they attract the minnows. I don't know. But, you know, end of the day, I know that was a long answer to your very short question, um, but I just I needed some kind of accountability. And this program was that. So. So you talk about putting yourself into an uncomfortable 
uncomfortable position. Imagine mm -hmm. creating a TV show with zero experience or technical ability whatsoever, yeah. and then trying yeah. to take it out of your head and get it to into actually something. You guys made it easy. Y'all yeah. did a, everybody did a really good job of, of getting their information in and the coaches did exactly what I asked them to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the thing you and I have talked about this before, but um, I think to play in the cyber world, ultimately, if you're going to scale is demanded services providers, number mm -hmm. one, because they have issues, right? I mean, they that is that is the hardest market right now in the cyber world is to mm -hmm. write cyber for an MSP. So yeah. going in and taking the risk management approach and talking to them and being consultative and possibly putting together a way for them to open up their book to you so that you can go and then provide the appropriate protection for each of their clients really is a good risk management technique for the MSP, especially if it's provable that there are things in place that other MSPs may not have. I think that that's a, a huge way to scale. It's one of the ways that I've scaled with uh, cyber. So it's really been, um, it'll be interesting to see. And the other thing I like about it is, you know this as well as I do, the industries are each different in their own way. But at the end of the day, man, if you build this vertical the right way with the right players and you have all of the resources and all your marketing collateral and everything done, there's nothing at all that says you can't take that same process in the same workflows and roll it into manufacturing. Which, by the way, people, if you don't know that manufacturing is a massive cyber exposure, you probably should be doing some research on your manufacturing clients and how much of a cyber exposure they actually have, especially with the amount of computer uh, run machinery that's involved in some of these automated processes. They're one ransomware away from having their operations completely shut down and more than likely have no protection because agents don't talk about cyber to manufacturers. They don't see that the risk is there. I mean, how about a VoIP system? Who doesn't run on VoIP at this point? I mean, we could go for days talking about all of it, but honestly, I don't want to ruin your competitive advantage or mine in the marketplace by getting that deep into this. But I mean, it's something that every agent should be paying attention to. And it's just like everything else that I say, by the time you get to where the market is hard, and that's when you want to learn, it's too late. You should have been learning up until this point. I've been preaching that a hard cyber market was coming for two years now. It's following the exact same path that management liability mm -hmm. had followed 15 years ago. And guess what? Guess what else is a hard market right now? Management liability. And it's not an accident yep. you know so i do think that you're setting yourself up for the future and you know i can tell you where my head and my heart is when i decided i was going to do this i know i'm taking a reputational risk to do this because i know that there are a lot of people out there that are going to say who's this arrogant prick that's putting together a show that says i'm you know all these people need to be like me that's not why i'm doing it why i did it was to draw awareness and educate and put education into our industry and shine a light on the middle market and your coach bradley flowers said it best when he said you know, he and I originally talked and he came back to me. He's like, look, I got to tell you, man, I've been thinking about this for the last 24 hours. He said, but think about it from this angle. Million dollar listings is what made the real estate industry sexy, period. Yep. And when people started seeing, oh my gosh, you can be a real estate agent and you can do this, you can have financial freedom and you can have, you know, a, a work-life balance and all of this other stuff. 
middle market commercial production is no different than that. I mean, that's kind of in in my in my eyes, that's kind of the holy grail for anybody who wants to get involved in commercial insurance. I don't think that the average agent out there has any aspirations whatsoever to go write national accounts for Marsh. Yeah. I don't think they also want to sit and quote bops all day and run through 15 different iterations of it trying to uh, you know, get one person out of 8 or 9 to say yes. Middle market is something that will reward you from a sales standpoint because you have to have sales skill to succeed in the middle market. It'll reward you from a tactical standpoint. If you're into strategy and planning and execution, you know, you have to have that. From mm -hmm. a technical standpoint, you need to understand systems. You also have to have product knowledge. You need to realize why a CRM is important and how you nurture these relationships that you have said yourself are a long time coming, you know? So I just think that, you know, what my hope is, is that number one, everybody who watches this learns that there is a process and you need to take that process and do something with it to make it your own or whatever else. But I also want everybody that participated and took this seriously to be able to use this work product going forward, right? Even mm -hmm. if people don't get into killing commercial, they've basically had some of the best resources that they could get in the industry to help them go through these challenges. And, and these challenges are challenging to a certain degree, but they're also something that you can build a business off of for the rest of your career at this point. And that's that's what my goal was. It wasn't to pump up my own ego. I don't yeah. really care what other people think about me, to be honest with you. As long as I'm happy with my wife and my kids and I'm yeah. providing for them and I'm taking care of my team at Florida Risk, you know, and I'm making sure that I'm delivering on all of the value and the promises that we make inside of the Killing Commercial community, I'm fine if everybody else wants to make assumptions or opinions of who I am. If they want to know, they could come up and ask. Well, you just said a lot, but I'll say one thing. Anybody watching this now um, or hears this on whatever, it doesn't matter, but I built a very successful niche in real estate investment insurance. I had no playbook, okay? This program created a playbook for me to build any niche I want to going forward. You gave me a template. I feel like I owe you more than you owe me now. Um, even if I don't win or get in the top three, I care less to be honest with you, I, like I'd love to, but I literally have a playbook, step-by-step -step instructions on how to build out a vertical and be successful with it. Right now, I'm not wildly successful because we literally just started cranking out leads, you know, or, or going after leads, I don't know, 45 days ago or less or yeah, something dude, like that. Yeah, dude, this thing is not even, seriously, from soup to nuts, you haven't even been working on this for six months yet. I know, you know? and I know it's not the full program because I have I spoke to Josh and Bradley about it, but it gives us a good taste and flavor of what the Killing Commercial program is like. And if, if this is just a flavor, David, I'm writing the check at the end of this anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, I just... Right now, I'll tell got, you what, man. I think yeah. that most people, you know, with with regard to killing commercial, and I obviously don't want this to turn into a uh, an advertisement well, for listen, that. Well, I'm making it one because yeah. that's how <laughs> passionate I am. But go ahead. Yeah, it's it's also not a secret that that I I have that, and I I will tell you, man. And I say this to everybody who calls me on the phone, who wants to get in, and that I talk to. Um, number one, first and foremost, yes, there is training involved, but the real secret sauce that we have that nobody else has that I'm aware of is the social network that we've built mm -hmm. on the back end of the site. Yep. So if you take the fact that you had two good coaches that helped you, you may not have needed them, you may not have needed their resources, but just to have that different perspective or the yeah. other point of view, we have 188 of those in that community. I know. 
And I mean, that's what makes it, and it holds me accountable, right? Because so when I do things like post the editorial calendar for the content production for Florida Risk for the year in there, I know I have to deliver on that now because I've got 188 people looking back at me to make sure that I'm doing what I said I would do. And it's very, very transparent in there. We we learn together. We make mistakes together. You know, we have successes together. But overall, I will tell you, man, it has really been a humbling thing for me to see how many people had a thirst and wanted to learn that we've been able to bring in and they never would have had the guts to call on any of these accounts. And some of them have written two, $300,000 of revenue in the last year. Like that's, in, that's insane, man, to yeah. think that somebody could go from nothing to writing that much just absolutely blows my mind. But what, what I think that the secret is more than anything else, it has nothing to do with technical knowledge. It has nothing to do with having a sales process. Those things are important. The number one thing that happens in every single one of these relationships is you have to get somebody to believe in themselves as much as you're willing to believe in them. And once they get that self-belief, once they get that confidence and they'll pick up the phone, the rest of it's math at that point. You know, you have the guts to call on enough people. You have the guts to present to enough people. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the business falls from that. And I think that's the biggest thing. And your story about how long it takes for the sales cycle is 100% on point, man. It's what I found when I got into the industry originally. It took me three months just to put together how I was going to prospect, create the database of leads, research those leads, and then a big begin to set appointments. And then over the course of an entire year, once I had those processes in place, it was a production machine but it was three or four months before i could even do that and it was long hours it was working at the office all day and then coming home and getting on a laptop and doing the same at night yeah. it's just it's nuts man i don't think i think a lot of people look at others that have been successful in the industry in general but i think middle market it, it, hundred percent just because of the size of the premium right people yeah. people see the premium or the revenue associated with it and so they get all hot and bothered about it but you know <laughs> It's, it's not like there's a silver bullet. There's no magic to, no magic potion that you can drink that's just going to create a well, middle market is. vertical. It, there is, though. I mean, and you allowed it to happen, which I haven't used yet, which is, um, you know, the golden ticket to David Carruthers' mind and mouth and ears. Um, and I know <laughs> you, you used it once with, I think, somebody in the, in the group. But, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway of what you just said, though, and you touched upon it a couple times, is... Uh, another big thing that I took away from this protege and is still growing is the relationships with the people in Killing Commercial and my coaches. Like I've been on Bradley's podcast before. I've I've rubbed doubles with him at uh, various events. He just flew up to Chris's mastermind. But I'm building deeper relationships with these people. We're sending leads back and forth because we're understanding what they're good at, where they're located, what type of states they're licensed in, things like that. I think I refer now on average at least a dozen, like 10 to 12 leads a week to other agencies across the country just because of relationships not only I built in this program, but also say, hey, you know, Bradley, who do you suggest? I know you're here, but who else does this near you that maybe is your competitor that you're friendly with, da 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 da. Because you, you always want to do what's best for the client. And I feel like if, if you're not doing that, you're doing not only them a disservice, you're doing yourself a disservice. And a lot of people try and get into the middle market commercial space and they're looking at it and they're and they're doing the same mindset of being an insurance agent. And I think you had um, an episode recently on total cost of risk. David, I use that like on every account now. And I know the smaller ticket items, maybe not as much, but I, I did walk into a pretty large account that we did lose. Um, 
It was a $280,000 account. It did renew within this 90-day window, but the um, the work comp mod was 1.88, and the incumbent broker had the uh, payroll flip-flopped on the class codes. One was like a driver's class code, one was clerical. So my underwriter was like, yeah, we're cool. We can do it at 130000 a year in premium. But he didn't tell me that if the flip-flop happened, it would still be the same price because he needed, he needed that price to get you know to, to the right amount and um when they flip-flopped it we're like oh man it's going to be a twenty thousand dollar credit he's like no justin I need, I need to be firm in my price because based on the losses etc cetera, etc cetera, where they're trending you know this is the only way we do it so we literally had a bor in all lines of business the work comp we were writing standalone and i was going to toss some cyber in for i think on his class of business because they recycled um, like cell phones and laptops from hospitals and sold them and scraped the data and blah, 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 or scrubbed the data. But um, yeah, I literally lost that account because the incumbent broker flip-flopped it by accident on the renewal proposal. Um, and then their pricing actually went down because they had uh, longevity with the carrier. They were with them for many years and they were helping clean up some of their stuff. But I said, have you ever heard of total cost of risk? And I use those three things that you taught me about. And he's like, you know, what, what, how do you uh, value production or something like that? How do you value, um, I forget the three of them right now. How but do you measure it. quality? How do you quality, measure productivity? Quality, and how do you measure and safety? measure ri risk or something like that. And he, when I said that, it was crickets. It was literally crickets. And that little tidbit is the reason why I was about to write over a quarter million dollar account, David. And um, the fact that I even had that opportunity was only because of this program. That was something that I would have just walked away from. It looked a little complicated. The class of business was a little tricky. Um, but the fact that I was able to compete on that shows that this this program is working. And I'm not again, this isn't an advertisement, but I'm just I'm just preaching uh, my experiences through this whole program. So. That's awesome. So if there's anything at all that you want to let before we wrap up, if there's anything that you want to let everybody know about Justin Sloan and his participation in the protege, because by the way, I have every confidence in the world. You'll be in the top three. I know that you've told me multiple times you're, you don't know that that'll happen. I'm a hundred percent confident that it'll happen. I mean, you put the right amount of work in, you have the right mousetrap and, um, you know, it's going to be a popularity contest at the end. The production just gets you to the dance for the final three. Then it's what you've done to build your presence on social and everything else. What do you want everybody to know about Justin? No, just basically uh, follow me on Instagram because we're going to be plugging some of the uh, video content, I think, in June or something like that, David. And yeah. um, I believe they're using my personal Instagram, which is my full name, Justin Mark, M-A-R-K, Sloan, okay. Um, and then also we're probably going to do it on our business page at BSP insurance, um, on Instagram as well. So that's where you guys can follow me. Make sure, uh, if I do make it to the top three vote, I don't know the voting structure, but I would appreciate it. Um, and let's go, let's do it. I'm going to tell you the voting structure. The voting structure is that the top three people are going to be presenting their experiences live at Jason Cass's brain share, September 13th through 15th at San Antonio, Texas. And then we're going to stream those presentations live in the country and the audience that's there live will be able to vote through a mobile app that will give us the winner in real time. We will have no idea who wins until they know who wins. And I am ready for this to roll. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on, Dave. It's been a pleasure and uh, I appreciate everything you've done for me through this whole process. So thank you for that. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Justin Sloan, BSP Insurance. Make sure you pay attention. My man is making waves out there. Take care, bud. 
You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 